Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Up top, Jose, straightaway three. Number eight for Alvarado, and that was deep. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome. To the Pelicans podcast presented by Seat Geek. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by the Quixotic Jim Eichenhofer as we continue to look at the season that was. Today, we are continuing our player wrap ups as the season has ended. And uh, so excited today to be talking about Mr. Jose Alvarado, one of our favorites, a fan favorite, of course, and a favorite of our guest today, Mr. Gus Cattengale, who is all the way out in Mississippi. Uh, just having some fun, having a, a time on the lake house as the as the season is over. Uh, you know, excited to be talking about Jose Alvarado. And, uh, you know, a, a, just a great story, Jose Alvarado. It really is. And I think it's an example of the, the, the team has done a really good job with undrafted guys, kind of finding some gems, finding some players that weren't necessarily uh, super pursued come you know yeah. coming out of college or even guys that were drafted or not that highly recruited going into college so between Jose Alvarado and Najee Marshall I mean the Pelicans have two members of their rotation that they were able to get after the draft ended so I mean that's been super valuable to I yeah. mean, not only has have the Pelicans I think done a much better job the last few years in the draft itself but to be able to uncover some players like that has been huge and it actually might be something that comes into play again this year because Ooh, foreshadowing. Uh, Pelicans don't have a second round pick. I don't want to get into the complicated scenario that caused them to not have it. Basically, Generic. they just missed a cutoff of a spot in the in the order, and that's why they don't have one. Um, but you know, most likely, as we discussed before, that there's a 97 percent chance that they're going to have the 14th pick in the first round. They'll probably pick 14th, and then they'll have to wait until the draft is over unless they make some other moves, but right. I mean, based on um, how they've done lately, maybe they can find another guy that can contribute or at Never least be know. part of the development plan and down the road. Yeah. Um, I think one thing too, that has come up in the new CBA, they actually added another two way contract. So basically 
I think it's it, you could make a case that's more important than ever to have to be very diligent with your scouting and kind of go very deep and not yeah. just look at like okay here's our top 40 guys that we were interested in trying to take during the draft it's you know maybe you have to create a list of 100 something guys and say we have to fill these these um two-way contract spots now and so i i, I kind of like that just cuz it gives yeah. you another opportunity to bring a player in that you think maybe has potential but maybe n- not necessarily is going to be able to help right away. Right. We saw in the case case of both Najee and Jose that you go into the their rookie seasons thinking, you know, he's probably a long-term kind of play a project that you're going to put him in the G League and right. think that he can do, incubate him. Incubate, yeah, in Birmingham and in both cases before the season was over, you know, by the Najee was really kind of the tail end last 20ish games. Jose was kind of midway through his rookie season. You yeah. come to the conclusion that, hey, we need this guy on the court because he can help us. So yeah, um, definitely, like you said, though, a great story. I mean, how can you not love Jose Alvarado? I think. Yeah. Um, Something's wrong with you if you don't. Yeah. It, so just the the way that he entered the league was was really interesting. And for him to make the progress that he did has been so much fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And he's just such a crucial component of the team, you know, beyond his just his story. Uh, what he brings to the floor was missed uh, towards the end of the season. Obviously, we could have used him in some of those 20 games that he did miss. Um, and, and just you you miss that spark. You miss his play. And you're just hoping for a healthy offseason from Jose. And curious to see what he brings off the bench next season. Uh, it's going to be an interesting knife fight, as uh, John DeShazer has often said, about uh, what minutes he might get with with Kyra, with whatever else happens in the offseason. It seems like Jose is always up for the challenge, though. Yeah, and I think kind of to your point, he there was a, a stage where you had to sit there and say he's not just this plucky underdog, great story. Yeah. He's actually a really good NBA player. I mean, the fact that he had the 38 points against Denver yep. where he was the best player on the floor and everyone that was in the building that day could say he was the reason that the number one reason that they won that game. There was yeah. a bunch of other reasons as well, but, I mean, he was the most prominent among that them. I mean – his, I think his offensive game continues to improve and he continues to get better shooting wise. And that's why he's capable. I mean, if he had a game like that, when he was a rookie, you probably would have just yeah. like left the building and been like, I, this is not possible. Right. But, I mean, I think he has gotten better to the point where when he has 20 point game, it's not that it's not a surprise at all. But it's also not something it. you, you expect him to look for. He's not looking right. to like shoot the lights mm-hmm. out. He wants to distribute the yep. ball. And if there's anything the Pelicans need more than anything right now, it's distribution. It's just ball right. movement. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's sort of what, what it's great to see that Jose, his focal point is get dishing the ball out. And again, we, we missed the guy. We, we, we hated to see him sitting out uh, the end of the season, but it's great to see him on the bench, pumping up the team, always lively on the bench, falling over the other guys. And uh, another lively cat that we're going to get to, Mr. G-Cat, Gus Kattengill, our studio host. He is uh, he is on vacation, but we're going to bug him. We're going to call him uh, because it's never too much uh, to talk about Jose Alvarado for him. It will be, in fact, a delight. So let's talk to Mr. Gus Kattengill. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, you know, I wish he was just conjoined to me like a twin because I feel like we're that close. Uh, not Jim Eichenhofer. I'm talking about Mr. Gus Kattengill, radio host uh, in the studio for every Pelicans game. I've been knowing him for eons and eons because I'm very old. Gus, how are you doing, man? I'm doing fine. I'm uh, I'm kind of feeling like the off season, sitting out here on the deck at our, our buddy's lake house, our annual guys trip at the lake house. Ah. Literally just staring at a very serene looking lake. It's nice, a little breeze. I'm in the shade. It feels fantastic. So yeah, I'm nice and relaxed, man. Oh, that's fine. I'm staring at Jim Eichenhofer. <laughs> I'm willing to bet my views much thing. nicer. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was going to say. I mean, you know, Jim does have a a serenity about him. He uh, is when he walks into the room. He know? is the yeah. calm lake in here you know, for me. Gus, by the way, I I don't live that far from here. I'm gonna go back and see if my invite is in my <laughs> mailbox for this. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> but uh, where are we at? It is, it is funny every time I mention this. It's our trip too. I, I've had more people this week ask about ask about those invites, you know. But yeah, <laughs> as uh, as jo- as Joe can attest to this, the prospect of the possibility, and I use that word because I can yes. explain it in a second. It never really ever happens, but the possibility of perhaps you know sleeping in past six thirty, oh, um, having an entire bedroom to yourself, and not dealing with anything. The possibility sounds fantastic every year, and then we get here. And I've been up since 7.30 working. So, man, just, yeah, that's just you're working your quads, man, because you never stop yeah. grinding. Uh, you know, we're talking about a dude who never stops grinding today, and we couldn't think of a better person to talk to about it uh, than you because you're one of his biggest fans, as is pretty much everyone in the city, Mr. Jose Alvarado, man. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, it was brutal sort of not to get to see Jose and what he brings to the team uh, towards that last stretch. You know, he missed the final 20 games he went out in february late february there and uh you know you knew that jose could have offered something some spark uh you just missed his tenacity you missed his defense and you know really i just uh i hate to sound sappy i just missed jose down the stretch man yeah well you just touched on the things that that make him special unique and it's why the team offered him a contract um to keep him around for a little bit after last year with what he did, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just go in order of what you said. For starters, the contributions to the team on the court, um, you've seen he could be an offensive playmaker. Like probably his highlight game, Jimmy, you'd agree, was probably that Denver game where he dropped, what, 40 points, 38? Yeah, 38, yep. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that. who can forget that? A guy was hitting threes and he was just out of control. And then at the same time, I'm sure Jim has a list because he always walks around with the list. Of course. On that clipboard of his, of the <laughs> games where he might have scored two, six, maybe not even any points, but contributes on the defensive end. And then, Joe, you touched on finally just what he brings by just being present. And even you saw him, you know, the last month or so, the season where he didn't play, he was still one of those players that's very active on the bench, yeah. talking to players coming off the court during timeouts. Um, but that that spark, that energy, you know, it's very easy to sit here and go, this is how this team looks like when Brandon Ingram doesn't play, when Zion Williamson doesn't play. Yeah. But I would argue that he's just as an important cog to getting things going. Look, obviously we all would love games where you come out hot, you're scoring, you know, um, you know, 30, 40 points in the first quarter, open up an 18-point lead, even though Todd will be nervous, you feel good <laughs> about that game. Yes. Always, right? But that's just not the case. And a lot of times you do need that player that comes off the bench to provide energy. Hey, you just don't have the legs that day, but he can come up and provide a spark. Somebody's hot on the other team, and he can come in and disrupt them, make some defensive plays, be at home and get the crowd going to spur maybe a run to come back in the game or to close out a game in the fourth. We've seen Willie Green use him in the fourth quarter to close out games. They trust him. He's a ball handler. You look at some of the losses towards the end of the season where turnovers, timely mistakes, um, not getting the offense in flow and moving. And, you know, you, you sit there and wonder, man, if Jose would have been on the court, mm-hmm. could the outcome have been different? And as we saw, guys, one game absolutely made a difference between the Pelicans being in a playing game or, you know, getting ready to play the best of seven in the first round. You know, by the way, guys, uh, there was a, we, we did a recent podcast where Joe mentioned that in his phone, he has me as the, well, actually guy. <laughs> and now you're accusing me of carrying a clipboard around. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm, like this is mm-hmm. not, this is, this is not going well in terms well, I mean, of my is, reputation. This is Jim's yeah. naughty list and it just yeah. changes what well, you consider to be naughty. You're basically, Bad play is one you're, of those you're basically like Cliff Paul, aren't you? Yes. I mean, like in, in those commercials, but yep. you're, you're Cliff Paul. You're just as important. This is getting you know, worse. Chris and there's Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting worse. But anyways, back to back to Jose. Um, I think one of the things that you talked about um, in terms of his playmaking was so huge in the last part of the season, too, because as we know, I mean, we see this in the playoffs to even greater extent. You have to have guys that can do stuff off the dribble. And I feel like the stretch at the end of the year, sometimes, you know, Brandon Ingram was it was really real on his shoulders to do that. You have guys that can do it a little bit here and there. Trey Murphy improved as a ball handler, that kind of thing. But for the most part, I think that was where they missed Jose a ton. I mean, beyond the defense and beyond the spark off the bench, I mean, I thought you made a really good point, Gus, about how a lot of, a lot of games you don't have it at, at the start. The team struggles. The starting lineup might not have their uh, their best stuff, and then he comes in and totally changes the game. But, I mean, how much do you think just having somebody that can create was huge? I mean, oh. a lot of times I think in, in the last month or two they would – the, the offensive approach sometimes because of they didn't have playmaking at, at the level that they needed would be to just get the ball to Jonas down low and try to kind of start the offense from there. But, I mean, how, how, how big do you think that was as far as, I mean, just not having Jose to be able to get into the yeah. paint and dish off to guys? 
I, I would say he has a trust and a feel for the game that was needed too, right? I mean, as we uh, <clears throat> stomach through watching the rest of these playoffs, you see yeah. playmaking is so important. Um, it's being able to have players that have creativity and can just improvise. And I think it says a lot that Trey Murphy used him in his first dunk in a dunk contest. I mean, when you think about it, that that's Trey's moment. Um, all eyes on him, and the first dunk that he initiates, he has Jose Alvarado do the Grand Theft Alvarado yep. thing, right? And yep. kiss it off the glass. I mean, I, I think that speaks volumes, not yep. only to his importance to the team, but that play is a Jose Alvarado play, right? So mm-hmm. from the defensive end to kissing it off the glass and, and in doing that, I mean, how many times this season did we see him do alley-oops and we see him push the tempo, right. get the ball after a rebound or even a make, initiate a fast break and feed uh, you know, the rest of the guys. So, yeah, Jim, to your point, I mean, it's, it, it's impossible to not think that it would have made a difference in any of those games, you know, whether it's Minnesota or whether it's even in the play-in game where you know, you're seeing Jonas have a certain – quarter and and then he doesn't have a shot in the quarter you just kind of wonder if when he's in there in that third quarter maybe he finds Jonas or something of that nature so or he brings it up to the attention um of the staff or or the everybody that's on the court so yeah I think he absolutely would have made a difference man it stinks yeah just having no true point guard out there just sort of changed the dynamic of the team most of your assists were coming from forwards on the team uh, you know, down that yeah. stretch and just he's just honed it. Jose Alvarado and, and what he brings uh, sort of off the court is what you were talking about. The, the trust uh, for Trey to to believe in Jose Alvarado, to to share that big moment in the dunk contest with him. I think that's huge. And it sort of shows where he lies in the locker room. He's one of those glue guys uh, that that, you mm-hmm. know, his his value is worth way more than maybe his stats on a sheet of course and i gotta say that dunk contest assist was maybe one of my favorite jose alvarado moments of the season i mean what were some of your favorite moments of of this season watching jose i mean he's always gonna bring something to any game he's in you're always gonna be aware of his presence it seems like i would think the two things that really stand out to me and and to kind of end your statement about what what he brought is um obviously the highlight of that Denver game where you saw that he had been working in the off season to improve his shot, his three point game. And he hit a lot of timely threes Mm -hmm. um, at times in the game. It may not have been a lot, but there were timely. You saw him just knock down shots. If he got hot, thought it was incredible to see the team trust him again. You go back to that Denver game, which to me was the highlight, one of the best wins of the season the team was just feeding him. I mean, Zion was like, uh, keep feeding him. So when you have quote unquote, your stars, your max players look for you because they understand that you're bringing value or you're hot. I mean, it's, I'd like to think that that would be normal, but it just speaks volumes to the respect. I think he has and into the game and and his improvement to it. Um, I think some of the other things that stand out too it wasn't like it was at the end of last year in terms of maybe the impact off the bench because, as we've talked about previously on these podcasts, he had to start a lot, you know, because of yeah. the injuries. And when you didn't have Brandon, you didn't have Zion, he, he was called on to play way many more minutes, start games, and, you know, initiate a lot of those different things. So yeah. I, I think that's something that 
is going to be an area of growth for him and understanding how he has to get better, not just from a productivity standpoint, but hey, I may be called on again. So those minutes, I mean, were they grueling? Did, did it add to different things? But I would say the other one too, man, it was just toughness. I mean, that, that yeah. Phoenix Sun series yeah. that felt like a playoff game, you know, they win the first one, he gets injured. And I think to me, it's not even the, the, the play or moment because I, like you were saying, what, what are the moments that I remember? Yeah. I remember the sound bite. I remember the clip, right? Right mm-hmm. after the first win against the Suns on Friday, about to play again on Sunday. And he goes, if he's out there, I'm going to play out there. You yeah. know, talking about Chris Paul. Yep. And he was clearly injured. The guy could barely move his shoulder or yeah. his ribs or whatever it is that he had. I think it was his ribs. And so he showed grit. He showed toughness. He showed the fact that I think if he could, he, he would have out. I mean, he, he's the guy that I'm sure, no doubt, the staff has to take away his tennis shoes. Oh, yeah. You he know? was dying to, uh, to make sure that he doesn't play. Absolutely. Because he would go out there and play. Yep. So the game that stood out, the Denver, the moment that stood out to me was, you know, the, the sound bite that just kind of talked about how this team sort of feels and that confidence we had. And it took, unfortunately, months, you know, yeah. to, to feel like they had that confidence again. But you could see it, man. I just think those are the things that really stand out to me this year. The extra at usage, that, that game against Denver, yeah. and him saying, man, if I got a rib, it's better than – and no rib, so I'm going to play as long as Chris Paul plays. You know, I, yeah. just, I love that because that, that I mean, let's be honest, that's what fans want, right? Fans yeah. want to hear, players care, players will do whatever it takes to play. And Especially here. He's definitely exemplifies that. Absolutely. You know, he's our Rocky. You know, we've we've had plenty of players, <laughs> not going to name names, yeah. who didn't want to be here, didn't want to be on the floor. Uh, and, you know, Jose just embracing the fans, embracing that role and being our spark. It's just great to see you, man. You know, I hope you enjoy your vacation. We are missing you here in the great NOLA, but uh, we will hold down the fort for you, and I will continue to stare at my own serene lake, Mr. Uh, Jim Eichenhofer. So enjoy yourself, man. Well, I appreciate it. Always nice talking to you guys. And, you know, you do have that gargantuan 155-inch TV and that massive uh, you yes. know, office you have. Just go ahead and, you know, put a picture of a lake in front of you and there you go it's just yeah, like you're here idea. Gus always with the like ideas man mm-hmm. that's why he's won the awards mm-hmm. uh our own studio host mr gus Cattengell, uh edward r murrow award winner by the way for no two time for, two, yeah, time. two, time, two time. time by the way for ideas yeah, just yeah. like that uh we are gonna leave you to it man enjoy your vacation we'll talk to you soon goose Huge thanks to Gus Kattengell taking some time from stretching his toes out in the sand to talk to these two old sots here in the studio. Uh, great to talk to him about Jose. A fun story. I I will wear my Jose pride on my sleeve uh, pretty much anywhere I'm allowed to, it seems like. Yeah, and it's funny because I remember during his rookie season looking around the arena and thinking it's incredible how popular this guy has yeah. become because you see all the jerseys and stuff like that, but... I thought by the end of this season, second half of the season, there were games where I would look down at the s- seats from, you know, the top of the 100 level. And if I was going to count the number of jerseys, there were some games where there were more Alvarado jerseys than any other player yeah. on the team. And think about that. Like how many backup point guards across the NBA right. lead their team in like Jersey sales. I don't know officially. And, and number, or if they but do, it's, it's like a meme thing. It's like they had a moment in time, you mm-hmm. know, but like Jose's has been 
uh, long term. That's the thing. Right. Is I, you might have thought it might be a flash in the plan. Ah, that, that little play he did, but it keeps going and going and going. He's our energizer buddy. He's our Rocky. He, he's a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> to the team, man. Yeah, and I think that's the Rocky part of it, I think, is definitely a big element of why people love the guy. He's such a underdog. I mean, he's listed as six foot. Yeah, undersized. I know yes. um, Christian Clark, for example, I think is says – that he's Christian Clark says he's five nine or five ten and he's looking eye to eye to Jose. So yeah, I'm about I mean, five ten and I'd say Jose is about my about height. the same height. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, people love that aspect of it that you see him go out there against these Goliaths. And I thought we saw many times during the season in his in his rookie year he was kind of feeling his way through. Like, what do I do when I get in the paint and when I, I go up against a seven footer? He would shoot floaters. He would kind of get rid of the ball mm-hmm. before he got all the way to the rim. This past season, I saw him do a lot of those like. Steve Nash dribble moves where he'll he'll dribble all the way around the basket, kind of probe and navigate and mm-hmm. see what is open and and just flip a shot up over Joel Embiid or yeah. some of these other guys. And um, you could just see that his confidence in his finishing ability around the basket increased a ton. And he realized, like, I can figure this out. It doesn't matter if the guy's yeah. a foot taller than me i can shoot over anybody yeah. and i mean he did it constantly yeah i mean he's gonna have to that, that's that's uh, sort of the life he has to adjust sure. to in the nba running amongst mm-hmm. the giants oh, well i wanted to talk to you about like some of some of the work he put in the offseason between those two uh seasons he, he worked with tony parker about you know his dribble his handles and it seems like he he, he was like a sponge you know when, mm-hmm. when we first came into the season he was talking about a lot his experience with that and it just seems like he takes the lessons to heart he's constantly watching the game uh, it yeah. seems like Jose, even when he was on the bench, he was diagnosing where he could have been needed, what he could have done, wh- who needs the ball. Mm-hmm. He always seemed to have an opinion about what he could be doing, even if he was in the game, even when he wasn't. Man, he totally lives and breathes basketball, yes. which is awesome to see. You just, you can just tell how much he loves it. So I can't imagine what it's going to be like to be around him at the beginning of this offseason after he's missed the last couple months of the Chomping season. At the bit, Hasn't man. played since February. And he, you have to tell him to slow down and yeah. practice. Like, hey, man, cool it <laughs> a and little he, bit. He mentioned that uh, during his exit interview on April 14th that he was giving the training staff headaches because he was probably, I don't know, texting them, calling them, uh, mailing them letters yeah, every he five was, he minutes. He was lobbying. He was trying to tell them, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm yeah. fine, I'm good. But, you know, they, they had some other scans and stuff that said mm-hmm. otherwise, trying to be careful. But Jose, of course was uh, the biggest proponent of himself getting back on the court. And, and unfortunately, he wasn't able to to get back by that OKC game that yeah. ended the season. But, you know, another thing, too, that I noticed, noticed during the year, and this kind of became a little bit more evident to me a, a little bit after the fact, but um, I think it wasn't just that he missed the last 20 games. It was also that during the stretch before that when he was sidelined, he, he was hobbled he was before hampered. that. Yeah, you and could tell he needed to, to miss some time. A few yeah. people had mentioned to me that they noticed – in some of the games, probably mostly in February, right before he had to be shut down, that he would land after a shot or after a layup, and he would grab his leg a little bit or yeah. like like kind of hold his leg. I, that wasn't something I noticed, you know, from the, my vantage point. Well, but, Jose's not a big actor on the court. Right. He's, he's like a B.I. who doesn't throw his head back mm-hmm. to get a foul. So you know if Jose's reacting to something on the court, it's genuine. And you did see him sort of grabbing at stuff and, and limping, and it didn't seem like it was for show. And, and it's funny, too. This is also really something that I only noticed – super in hindsight was if you look at his minutes played right before he was shut down, it dropped a lot. He was playing like 20 plus minutes constantly, but in the last couple of weeks before he, you know, had to be sat, he had a bunch of games where he played in the teens. His last three games, he played 14, 15 and 15 minutes, which was a lot less 
than he had been before then. So um, just unfortunate the fact yeah. that he missed a bunch of those games and um, w- was hampered before in some of the games that he did play. Yeah. So, uh, But, you know, one thing that Gus mentioned, too, that I wanted to kind of add to, Jose had to start 10 games. Um, the team actually was 6-4 and four in those games. So, I mean, he did really well, yeah. and the team did well. They had um, a, a big win against the Mavericks earlier in the season with him that as a starter. That was a huge one, yeah. They had a game, a win against OKC with him as a starter. Toronto, they beat some pretty good teams. Mm-hmm. They actually beat OKC twice with him as a starter. So, um, just you, you wanted him to be in that backup role, but even yeah. when he did get elevated, he did a, he did a nice job and the yeah. team was successful. Absolutely. And we just want to see more of Jose and just see that, you know, once he's, he's been in the lab, once he's healthy, uh, it's going to be fun to see him uh, along with everyone. We just want to see a fully healthy Pelican squad. We, I know we keep repeating it. It seems like a simple request, but that's all we want. Uh, so uh, we will be talking once again tomorrow to you. Uh, our guest will be Aaron Summers back once again in the building. We'll be talking about Larry Nance Jr., crucial component of the team himself. So don't miss it. Larry Nance Jr., always a fun soundbite, always a fun playmaker. So we will talk to Aaron Summers then, and we will talk to you then. Big thanks to Jim Eichenhofer, as always. Big thanks to Gus Kattengell for uh, taking off his Tommy Bahama shirt to talk to us. And big thanks to you for listening to the Pelicans podcast. Continue telling your friends and pals, hey, it's cool. Listen to the Pelicans podcast. We appreciate it. So until tomorrow... Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Hey, you've reached Gus Cattengill. Sorry, I was unable to take your phone call. Leave a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. Oh, I'm Gus Cattengill doing my radio voice on my voicemail. This is the Pelicans podcast. You knew we were calling you. We're going to find you. We'll call you back in a few. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.